It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That picture on the sideline, Trevor Lawrence is really tall. Really, really <laughs> yeah, he's slightly tall. You do know, though, that that is my superpower, is that I make everybody look tall. I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> next to me, on the day after he was drafted, Browns fans were saying, oh, he's not as small as we thought. But actually, really, oh, wow. it went. Well, Didi, you have the ability to make someone look taller and extremely bigger. As far as like uh, <laughs> horizontally goes, like her. Like, I'm on Tua. Did you guys see me next to Tua last week? I don't know if I really helped his stature uh, that much. Well, we will t- find it. Hold on, but Steve, let's say tag picture. board real quick for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. This is a Didi, and this is the uh. eight foot seventeen quarterback Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so fu- what's so funny about that is that Trevor is actually like in the background and Travis Etienne is in the foreground. Travis isn't that big. Like Travis looks a lot bigger simply because he's in the foreground of the photo. So Trevor is even bigger than he appears in that photo. And I need to ask you a question coming from a person who has great hair like yourself. How (laughs) where would Trevor Lawrence's hair rank on the 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 the, the big board of hair? Is is he as good as he thinks? I mean, it's sunshine. Yes, it is. It, there's definitely not a lot of product in it. It's not greasy. Like, who is that baseball player? Who is that Phillies player whose hair was so gross? Help me oh, out. Brandon, uh, Brandon Marsh, right? Yeah, like, you're just like, oh, that grease. But what's making me laugh, G, is that I was the sideline reporter for the Jags week four game, uh-huh. which was in Philadelphia, which was in an absolute monsoon. The rain didn't stop the whole time. And what was so crazy about it is my hair was back in a ponytail, but the rain was actually, like, dripping from my ponytail <laughs> down my back because it was that much rain. And then the next week, week five, I was the sideline reporter for Jags Texans. And when we started her meeting, Meeting, I Trevor and I were talking about the rain and I was like, but was it dripping down the back of your hair? And everybody started laughing and said that was definitely the first time that somebody's hair was mentioned inside a production meeting. He has lovely hair and he clearly has not um, put a lot of nasty product or heat or it, it feels like it is good, healthy, not over processed hair. I can say that. Not that I've touched it, but I'm just saying. You don't ask the next question. How you know? <laughs> yeah, that's just a step ladder to actually really tell you. Anyway. Aditi, you've seen the Dolphins this year. They, they seem to have been not all in on Tua up to this point. Are they all in on him now? Is he the quarterback well, here going forward? You know what? This, like, seemed to be maybe prior to this year, but there is no question that Mike McDaniel is all in on him and believes in him and sees so much of what he can unlock in him. And I would encourage you to go and find the interview I did with him after the game against the Lions last week. So, of course, Tua comes back. He plays against the Steelers on Sunday night. He admits that he's rusty in that game. He plays a great, great, great game on the road in Detroit 
they're down in the first half and in the second half. I mean, just picking apart that defense, knowing exactly where to go, what play to get in and out of, when to hit Hill, when to hit Waddle. We've heard Tyree Kill say over and over again that he is the most accurate quarterback he's ever been around. And I think that this is a statement, too, on the coaching and not just the coaching, but having somebody believe in you. And you can really see the way that Tua is blossoming under a coaching staff that wants him, thinks he's special, and knows how to take advantage of every piece of him that is indeed special. And I just, you know, I, I like what that team can do. I really like the way that they're playing for Mike McDaniel and they take to him. He is, uh, Jason, do you know him? Do any, have any of you spent any time around no, him? No. I, I briefly at the combine but, and the owners meetings, but nothing of significance. Okay, so he, I mean, admittedly, he's not necessarily out of central casting, right? Like, he's not Kevin O'Connell. He's a little bit goofy, a little bit of an odd duck. He, uh, again, I'll take you behind the scenes in our production meeting. He's talking about the way he tries to keep guys on their toes, and then he throws out to us. Um, if wh What instrument would you play in an 80s rock band that would then make you vulnerable to the way that music shifted in the 90s? <laughs> <laughs> saxophone what? baby saxophone right he's a Yale guy his brain is always worrying he totally leans into being a little bit goofy unusual again not like your prototypical head football coach and the guys love it I mean they're really 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 taking to it and I just I think this is a team that is continuously getting better and that's what you want to see again every coach in every sport will tell you that you don't want to be playing your best football in September you want to get better as the weeks go and I think that that's what we're going to see out of the Dolphins Aditi, I'm, I'm trying I'm confused I did, I did not know that uh, Tyreek Hill had like all these yards I I knew he was playing well this year and I, I knew that he was a mismatch nightmare but then he pulled this man's stats up he has 1,100 yards and 76 receptions right now. My question is, can you give us some insight? And I know, you know, you may not know this, but if I have a player like this on my team and I got Patrick Mahomes on my team and I got Kelsey on my team, I know that those two are pretty much unstoppable. What do you think led to them giving up on Tyreek Hill uh, in, in Kansas City? I don't know if that's giving up. I hate to speculate because I really don't know. I mean, I think that there could be so many reasons. He could have wanted out. He could have felt like he wanted to try something different. He might have wanted to be in Florida. You know, there there could be so many other things there. And I think the big deal here, too, and you could say this about Kelsey as well. Tyreek Hill played when Kelsey demanded attention. Right now, Tyreek Hill is playing as Jalen Waddle demands a lot of attention, mm. too. And there's something to be said for taking advantage of every opportunity and having a team around you that you feel can do a lot as well. It's not just on your shoulders. I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Gee, I don't know enough about the situation in Kansas city to speak strongly about it. Um, but I think that things can be great and run their course as well. We've all been there, right? We've all had jobs that were great for a period of time, and then it was time to try something new. Did you think the uh, are the Dolphins concerned about the Browns and what they present this weekend? I think you. I think you're stupid if you're not, right? The Browns certainly played a, a great game on Monday. The Browns played a game on Monday night that 
played to the way they're supposed to be built, right? Get a lead and then run the ball, control the clock, run the ball, secure the win. And you had Miles Garrett wreaking havoc. As we talked about last week, it was he needs to wreak havoc and he did wreak havoc. And I think that when this defense is going and when this run game can get going, well, then that makes all the difference right there. And so, you know, every team has the same. We are kind of talking, we were talking about this with Josh McDaniels about Josh Jacobs, who has been running so well of late, didn't necessarily yesterday for whatever Mm -hmm. reason, but early in the season wasn't nearly as productive. And Josh McDaniels said that has nothing to do with Josh Jacobs, but that has everything to do with where we were in a game. And when you're getting down, you just can't run as much. You just can't have that balance. And it's all part of it, working together, fitting together. And when the Browns can indeed get a lead and run the ball the way they want to run the ball, well, they're a pretty tough team to stop. I mean, they they are very, very physical. And that presents a challenge for anybody. Didi, they're three and five coming into this game. There are nine teams in the AFC with with a better record than the Browns right now. They've got a ton of AFC losses already. What's the path to the postseason? I know it's a little early for this, but it feels like it's... It's not because they're three and five. There's nine teams ahead of them and they don't hold many tiebreakers. So yeah, but like how much again, but how much ahead of them in the AFC? There is no like, oh, my gosh, the class of the AFC. Had you asked me before yesterday, it would be like, okay, there are the Bills and there are the Chiefs. And then there's a bunch of teams Mm -hmm. with two, three or four wins that all seem basically the same. And then what happened yesterday? The Jets beat the Bills and the Chiefs. I mean, it takes everything plus overtime to knock out the Titans who don't even have a number two wide receiver. Forget not having a number one wide receiver. They don't even have a two wide receiver. They maybe have a two and a half wide receiver. I mean, and the Titans play play in a way that everybody knows exactly what they're doing. There's no trickeration there. It's stop Derrick Henry and they still can't do it. So I think that right now it's just kind of – Focus on your part. And we have no idea how any of this is going to shake out. I still do believe that the Bills and the Chiefs are the class of the AFC. I'm with you. But I think both are beatable. I think that there is nobody that you're looking at and saying, holy cow, that team is invincible. No one's going to catch them. And again, I keep saying this to you. It's just about getting in the dance. It's not really about catching the Bills or the Chiefs right now. It's that whole middle section, that whole middle class. Who in that middle class is distinguishing themselves? Well, right now is that moment. So, and I'll give you another one. This is, you know, it's funny. This Frank Reich news just came out and I'm upset about it. And I was looking over some of my notes. Yes. um, From when, because three weeks ago I did the Colts Titans game and just enjoyed Frank Reich so much. Matt Ryan at the time was the starting quarterback, what Matt Ryan had to say about Frank anyway. So as I was going through my notes, I'm thinking about a lot of things that coaches have said over the course of this season to me in those production meetings that really kind of stick and or sort of truisms. And one of the things that Doug Peterson, the Jaguars head coach, and I said this in our broadcast, told his team on Wednesday, it was the lesson of Nehemiah from the Bible. And basically the lesson he said is that Nehemiah wanted to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And so what he did is he told every family, you build your section of the wall, just build your section. 
Don't worry about the section to the right of you. Don't worry about the section to the left of you. Don't worry about the section across from you. Just build your section of the wall. And in 52 days, the walls were rebuilt around Jerusalem because every family focused just on their wall. And so Doug Peterson used that as an analogy, parable, whatever. I don't know what the right phrase is for his team. And it was that same idea. Just do your job. Just do your job. Don't worry about what the weak side linebacker is doing. Don't worry about what the strong side linebacker is doing. Just do your job as the middle linebacker and this wall will get built. It's the same thing I would say to any team in the AFC. Do your job, win your games, play your football, and you're likely going to be where you need to be because nobody is running away with anything. And quite frankly, you can't get three wins in one day. You can only get one win a day anyway. In the spirit of Adam Nabool, I'm going to ask you a question that has nothing to do with sports. I I'm, I'm okay. have to do this. When you're on the road, what are three essentials that you need when you're on the road covering the NFL? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. For work or for personal rest or? Three essentials. You got to have them. You, you don't feel right without them. Maybe it's just something you got to have. Maybe it's for personal. Maybe but like we're saying, like the regular stuff, like a toothbrush and my contact lens solution, that stuff doesn't count, right? That don't count. That don't count. That don't count. Mm. I need my notebook. I need my okay. trusty notebook. Okay. Um, I need a pen I like. You know? The like quality pen? Yeah, and it doesn't, they don't all have to be exactly the same. You know, there's certain pens I like, but there's certain pens I don't like. I don't like pens I got to press too hard with. I don't like pens that hurt my hand. I just need a pen that I feel comfortable writing with. That's true. Yeah, what do I need? What do I know? Go to meal. Go to meal. That one's so hard, guys. You want to know why? Why? Yeah, it's really hard because we do a lot of crew meals at CBS, which I love. I love that we're together and we eat together and we spend time together, but I'm a vegetarian. And so we don't always get a meal that would be one of my optimum choices. So she's going to ruin it. I will say this week two, we were in Cleveland. I got to choose the Friday night meal. Shout out to town hall and it was fantastic and everybody on the crew agreed it was a great time we got mm. to sit outside a big okay. round table under an umbrella that was good so i don't know about go-to meal uh i gotta think of a third thing that i really need i mean i guess my phone so i can phone home well, there like it is. Phone and, home. We got, and we got you out in, at twelve fifteen. you're good to go i did not go over Wait. too much uh, mcnuggets so there you go didi thank you for no so no much no to say i still i still have two more minutes does anybody have anything else for me? Everybody right, feeling yeah, good? Real quick, time? you mentioned yeah. the Frank Reich thing. That really surprised me. Do you think did, yeah. was he like pounding the table for Matt Ryan? Is that I, I'm just throwing that out? I don't know because this one. I sort don't of think caught that that's why they. I 
so the move was a shock, obviously, you know, because we had been with them the week before and the way that Frank Reich talked about Matt Ryan's leadership ability and how different it was and the way, you know, he told this great story that he often asked players to get up in meetings and kind of talk about a variety of things. And he said, Matt Ryan was very new to the team and he comes in in the spring and Frank says, you know, we have values here, but we want to hear from you. You know, like, what are the things that really matter to you? Kind of like G's asking me, what are things that matter? What are the things that matter to you? And he said he was blown away by the way Matt Ryan stood up, got in front of that room and the things that he talked about and how they resonated with players. And Frank said that he's never seen a player with the leadership qualities that Matt has. And he said it's, you know, part of it. And it's not even it wasn't even about his age or his accomplishment. It was simply just his presence and the way that he drew people to him. When I talked to Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne was talking about the ways that Matt Ryan reminds him of Peyton Manning. And now he's another Peyton. So put all of that together. Watch him on the sideline during the game. I watch him on the sideline and he's rallying his team as he's keeping guys into it. And then to see after that game, after that loss to the Titans, that they were making this change, I knew that that wasn't about the coaching staff. I knew that that had nothing to do with the coaching staff calling for that. I don't think that Frank is the type of guy that would sit here and say, well, I'd rather not have my job than work with Sam Ellinger. You know, like this is, this is a professional. I just, I don't know. I don't know if the patience is there. I don't know if, you know, you've got an owner who's very involved it, for good and for bad. And it, it's just, it's sad. It's sad. You know, he, I think that he's a really good coach. I think he's a good leader. I think he's a really good man. I'm struck by something I was telling you, I was just looking at my notes. Matt Ryan said that in all his years of playing football, he's never been around a coach and I should find it exactly. He said, it's the amount of respect that everybody has for him. And he said that he's never been around a team where players didn't want to disappoint their head coach as much as they didn't want to disappoint Frank. And he said it had nothing to do with being yelled at or his demeanor. It was just that they didn't want to let him down, that they saw everything that he poured into them. They saw the way he had their back. And so the Colts players in turn, it's almost like you don't want to disappoint your parents. They didn't want to disappoint him. And you know, when players play for a coach, it's what I would say for Mike Vrabel. I don't know that there's anyone. I, I don't know that there's any coach that gets his players to play for him harder, but it's very similar that these players certainly wanted to play for Frank. But again, there's only so much a coach can do. Roster construction has a lot to do with it. The quality of the talent that you have, you know, all of that. True. It is funny. It's funny who has patience and who doesn't. And, you know, we sort of knew that Frank Reich was on the hot seat. We sort of knew that Matt Rule was on the hot seat. We saw that the Panthers fired two assistant coaches yesterday. We saw that the Lions a week ago fired an assistant coach. And, you know, I'm sitting here in Pittsburgh and they're not doing anything with their offensive coordinator who, you know, hasn't produced anything no matter who the quarterback is and who hasn't inspired sort of the same fervor from his players, but he's got a head coach who believes in him. And so different ways to skin a cat, I guess. Yeah. 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 And Didi, thank you so much for your insight on this. Good luck this weekend as always. And thank uh, you. Make sure you, pack your, make sure you pack your toothbrush too. Yeah. 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 Always. Got, got to have that. Well, McNuggets, uh, I will say you, 
have something different coming up. We've got a new game. Well, real quick before we, I just want to say when she's talking about Frank Reich and the way guys didn't want to let him down, I kind of get that feeling of JB and the Cavs. Yeah. He has that connection. You saw that, yeah. last, night. You saw that last night. With this yeah. Cavs team. Yeah. yeah, you did with the you chain and night. Kevin presenting him yeah. with the chain. Yeah. It's rare. It's so, uh, Brad can speak to this better than anybody. Most of the time, no player trusts any organization. Like you just, you, you don't trust the organization and you look out for yourself when you have to worry about yourself and for, and that doesn't mean you don't respect the coach or buy in for the coach, yeah. but to have that deep level of, I can't let the coach down. That doesn't happen very often in pro sports. Yeah. And uh, he, he kind of got the Tito thing going on. Like he's got a lot to prove in the postseason. Right. Like I don't want to get this right. thing too far down no. the road. Mm -mm. He's got to prove he can win big series there's, in there's, the playoffs. There's incremental growth yet. Oh, you know what I want to see tonight? Cause he got the chain. Mm-hmm. Part of the chain, uh, the junkyard dog chain uh, trail is this. You know, he's got to wear that tonight going into the arena. That <laughs> <laughs> so means he's got to get on the bus tonight with his big chain on. And, and they'll love it. And then walk back into Staples, a la cryptoscom.com yeah, center, whatever he is now. But in that big chain in the locker I'm going to see if somebody's going to put that on video. <laughs> oh, they take, will. Take that. They'll get I want to see that. Junkyard, I like the fact that he, he did something yesterday I didn't think he was doing. Mobley was not playing that well in the first quarter, and he kind of he kind of pulled him off the baseline a little bit. He, they were going for somebody's at the free throw line. Yeah. He pulled him off the baseline, told him come over here, and you can you can see him giving him that 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 work. Like, hey, look, hey, hey, look, man, we ain't out here to take no pictures. This is LeBron and AD, but we ain't respecting LeBron and right. AD like that. And I thought I thought Mobley played a little more tough a, after that. Um, I'm gonna get y'all y'all thoughts on this. That to me. Is the work in progress out yeah. of anybody? It seems like Mobley's role is the most different from last year. Allen is still rim running. You still see it with him and Garland. You still see Kevin Love doing his thing. Donovan Mitchell is, is coming right in there, but it seems like Evan Mobley is the most he's thinking the most. I think he's the number one on a championship team. I've said that before. That's his ceiling. Like that's what, so they're tr so he's trying to expand his toolbox. Yeah. He's trying to expand his game while at the same time adding who is the number one now in a ball dominant right. role. It's it's he's the one guy that I think you I don't know if you worry about him, Brad, but I think there are you 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 want to make sure that he maximizes his potential and putting uh, Donovan on the floor is the one guy who that that may it's take him longer to get right. to where he wants to go. Well, no, here, let's be clear about this, Jason. Mobley should still be in college. You're watching his growth and development and trying to uh, uh, consistently grows bandwidth in real time yeah. against real men doing real things at a position that's real tough. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not seeing all no featherweights down there. He's seeing real light uh, heavyweight dudes down there in the position he's playing in. So you're going to watch this growth in real time and, it, and it's okay, right? Because you have other guys that can absorb that because where it goes sideways is when you're on a team where there is nobody to absorb that bandwidth for you. Mm -hmm. And so now you're on front street and, and then the heat gets turned on you in the fire pan every day. So he's got some cover. Now, to your point, he's got to grow because he's got to expand his game here. His perimeter game's got to get yeah. better. Yeah. His ball handling's got to get better. But you're going to learn that. We just don't have to happen to see it because it should have been going on at USC, right? Okay. Now you're seeing it here in Cleveland downtown in front of the primetime audience every day. What do you got, Mikey? So we got a new segment. We're going to try doing this real quick. We're going to run through it in about seven minutes before we get reflog on here. But we watched a lot of NFL, and these are things I think I think. So I'm going to present something I think I think to you guys. Okay. We'll discuss it for a second. We'll move on. We got five of them. You ready? Let's yes. go. First thing I think I think. 
The Bills are beatable, but the Jets winning on Sunday does not help the Browns' chances in two weeks. We saw them lose a game to the Dolphins earlier, went on a four-game streak where they just abolished every team that they played. The Bills, uh, the Browns, excuse me, on the schedule in two weeks. I don't think them losing a game like that helps the Browns' chances in Week 12. I tend to agree with you. The Jets, it's a divisional game. They see each other twice a year. Yeah. Divisional games are just a little bit weird. The Buffalo-Miami game, it was 158 degrees on the field that day. <laughs> They're dragging dudes off left and right. That was just, that was kind of a fluky whatever. The Bills, to me, are still the class of the, of the AFC, and I still think the Browns have – I mean, I, told, I said before, don't even get off the bus. Go ahead and get off the bus. Well, the right, Jets beat them. The you can get off the bus, but I don't have high hopes. For I that mean, game. it's like it almost makes me feel a little bit better about the Jets' loss. <laughs> like, because I know they're not trash. The Jets trash. are 6 and 3. They 6 and, and 3. It don't matter. That was the worst loss of the year. And, and, worst loss of the year boy, was that Jets game. Boy, I tell you, uh, no, I, I, I think the Bills are pretty much the class of, of, the, um, of the AFC. I think, it, like, like Jason said, it's a division game. When you play in division foes, they play you twice a year. They know your stuff. They know what you're going to run. You just got to execute. Thought you just played a pretty good game. Uh, you know, and, and we know Josh Allen will give you a couple. That interception he had was a bad one. He'll give you a couple of those. The Browns, I don't think so. I don't think they, it makes them feel any better. Brad, right, the, the next one's for you, so we're going to move on here okay. we got to get these four in. I think, I think – that Justin Fields is that dude. Four <laughs> touchdowns yesterday, 180 rushing yards, a new record for a quarterback, through for three. As the Bears' offense is starting to come alive, that's your guy. You better come, come to me, full You've face. been preaching. Full face. You've been preaching. Well, listen, I've been watching this kid since high school. Y'all going to stop playing with me, right? <laughs> this is not Mike Pagel, right? Stop playing with me. Put some people around him. You will see what we saw in Columbus. He's a real freaking player, and he playing with people. He was playing with Bradley Chubb and them yesterday. They have nothing for him, right? And the last three, four weeks, he's been just like this because he's figuring it out in real time. And guess what? He's going to be real good. That's why they went and got real Claypool to try to help him. And the people, did you see it? See, I watched the game yesterday. When Claypool came in that game, the stadium, Bears, Soldier Field lit up because they were like, give him somebody just to work with, just somebody. Hey, I watched the game too because you had him starting at your quarterback. Yeah, he was on you. What a thousand <laughs> points messing around with me. Hey, he's doing his thing, man. He did his thing, man. Randy Jackson voice. He did his thing, man. He'll be all right. Number three, the next thing I think I think Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are broken. If you look at a game log of Aaron Rodgers, you would think those numbers are what we'd see from Jacoby Brissett prior to the season. It took Tom Brady 60 attempts to throw for 280 yards yesterday. I know he threw the game when he touched down late. But you watch these two, Oof. I think they're done. I don't think there's any fix in either of them. Is they washed? Is they washed? They broke it. I've been, I've been about to tweet it for about oh, two, three weeks, well, but I ain't brought myself to it. Or I'm just asking you, my good man, is they washed a little bit? I mean, the Bucks were my team when we started the year as the team that was going to be the biggest disappointment in the NFC. So I, I'm not sure Tom Brady's washed. I don't think Tom Brady washed. And I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers is I washed. Think, I think Aaron Rodgers do it on purpose. I, you think <laughs> he's protesting the? Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's the, I think it's the amount of talent around both of them. I don't think either. You are see, washed. I'm not. You see, I'm not flinching when I say that. Yeah. Because I mean, he, Aaron Rodgers is just like. Don't it care. don't even look he, like he's he there. Like, like, it don't look like he even care. It don't I don't look care. Like, I got my bag. I'm good. And I'm gonna prove a point to you. But they've been going at it for a while for years. <clears throat> is I'm gonna prove a point to you. But but what you see in Tom Brady, yeah. is a man in personal turmoil. 
Yeah, yeah I think he'll after look you saw the relief now. off his back last night after he after they marched down there and threw that touchdown. Because if you've ever been in personal turmoil, you're not there. You're not locked in. Oh, it's hard me. to lock in. Oh, trust me. I went through a divorce. <laughs> and I was at work. I was like, look, bro, hey, look, bro you know, uh, yeah, I'm gonna need to use your shower. It's like Garrett, go home. <laughs> Garrett, go home. Nah, I'm gonna just, yeah, you know, can't we, do that. We got two more before we get to reflog. Number four of the things I think I think, the Eagles have a legitimate shot to run the table and finish the season 17 and 0. Ah, uh, yeah. schedule is not that hard. Yeah, they play teams that are good at the right times. Yeah, and also. The Eagles are good, man. They yeah, go in a lot of different they ways. They are good. Jalen, they listen. They got Miles Sanders. He's been running the ball. They got uh, you know Brown. Uh, yeah, you know, AJ he's Brown. a monster. Yeah. Uh, AJ Brown. Uh, you know Jalen Hurts is a dual threat, and they play. They play a physical brand of just they fast on defense. They play hard. They hit hard. Uh, they got a shot. They got a shot. Here's the rest of their schedule. Washington at Indy, home to Green Bay, Tennessee at the Giants, at the Bears, at the Cowboys, home to the Saints, home to the Giants. No, I don't think they run the table. It's so hard to do. It's yeah. so Philly we, does. Philly there's gonna, there's <laughs> always a Sunday where you slip and you don't see it coming. And on top of that, you got to look at it like this: if they if they are you know undefeated going into 13, 14, 13 oh, right. now they're looking at if you clinch. Once they clinch, it's all. Yeah, but downhill. they have a young coach and a young team. It's not Peyton Manning back there. Right. It, Sirianni's kind of a psycho in a good way, and I think he's the kind of guy who would want to do that. We got one more though before we get reflog in here. And I don't want to uh, short him his time, but I think I think Geno Smith should be the comeback player of the year. Kenneth Walker should be the offensive player of the year, and Pete Carroll should win coach of the year for the ultimate Seahawks trifecta. I I can't I can't hate on Geno Smith. Kenneth Walker, I mean, he's putting up really good numbers. I don't know about Pete Carroll. I'm trying to think of anybody who's had a better job than Pete Carroll. I mean, the Seahawks are in first place. Nothing was expected of them this year. At Nothing all. at all. I, 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 I don't know about Kenneth Walker's Offensive Player of the Year, but I can't argue with – Offensive rookie. Rookie. Oh, rookie. Oh, rookie. rookie. Yeah, 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 I missed that. Well, that's a little different. I can't argue with Geno Smith or Pete Carroll at this point. Like, we got a lot – there was a time when Kyler Murray looked like the MVP of the yeah, league Geno, last year. Yeah. So, we got a lot of football left. But right now, I can't argue with two of those three. Geno I'd have Smith to look at the Walker Geno thing Smith closer. play well. Kenneth Walker, no surprise if you follow – I'm a Big Ten guy. He's doing the same State. thing Michigan State. Right now, Pete Carroll, I'm giving nothing to. <laughs> he gets nothing from me. He's hating on my man from Wisconsin, Russell Russell uh, Russell Wilson. So, so Pete Carroll gets nothing. <laughs> you talking about a dude that's washed? Nothing. Your boy from nothing. Wisconsin no, is washed. No, nothing. Uh, he's hey, Russell nothing. Wilson could be on that. He's broken list too. Listen, they just had a bye week. Me, he me, is broken. Nothing. I Actually, don't I don't care. think I, I don't, I don't think I think that. I know he's I know washed. That. Let me, let me, I know he's washed. I know I let think. Let me tell you something. What y'all think though? Segment work? We'll try it again another time. Yeah, I like Get it. a little yeah, more time. I like it. Cool. We, we, we rapid fired it, yeah. but you know, we'll, we'll run through it, it with Bull Hill disagree on some stuff. But right now we got to bring in Chris McNeil, AKA reflog 18 of Twitter. We don't know his face very often, but here's Chris. We do know him from Twitter as, and I say this with the utmost respect, Cleveland's professional Twitter troll, Cleveland yes. sports professional Twitter troll. And he does a better job than anyone else making memes that make us laugh. What's up, Chris? How you doing, man? Hey, I appreciate it. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. I can't. We can't. See, he got his own mixing board over there. I see that. I'm all set, guys. We're talking about a pro over here. I'm a professional on Twitter. Professional. You got the good equipment too. (laughs) There we go. Hey, what a great time to be in Cleveland right now, huh? 
Low Cleveland sports. You got the Cavs. You got the Guardians. The Browns. We love the Browns. So you got all three. We're kind of rolling right now. So you know the trolling is kind of on a positive, you know, <laughs> right? No, when, rather than the negative, which is which is much turn? more fun. <laughs> That's right. I've been around long enough to know that this all turns. The worm will eventually come back around. That's right. That's right. <laughs> how did you? How did you get into it? Like. You know, you, you, everybody, when you, you, you're in the game, I love this one, by the way. The Cavs win eight in a row, love it. Uh, how, did you, how, did it how did this become your niche market? Like, how, how was this thing? You was like, you know what? I'm going to do troll memes on the internet, and I'm going to be hot for it. When did you come up with that conclusion? Well, well Garrett, I just heard you mention about a divorce, and I kind of went through a divorce myself. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I used to enjoy with my wife, this was years ago, was kind of making witty comments that I thought were, you know, funny. And uh, eventually she found out, you know, she didn't find them very funny anymore, and she divorced me. So I had all this content, <laughs> and I thought, where else can I go with it? And I started going to Twitter, and it developed a following. And then, of course, that kind of dovetailed into that infamous parade when the Browns went 0-16, and then it blew up from there. Well, give Brady some cheering up. Cheer him up down there, right? Because, I mean, I, was, I saw a man last night do a touchdown pass. He was like, the world was off his shoulder. I was like, relax, relax. I'm in time. I like, oh, my God. That's tough, man. I tough down there. I was like, oh, my God. When you when you look at your memes, which which, which is the team that's the easy? Or, well, the Browns are. By the way, they're zero and sixteen. But what do you have the most fun with? Who do you have the most fun with? And has any player or team jumped in your DM and said? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So I've had some dialogue <laughs> with with the Cleveland Browns over the years, in particular, right around that parade. They weren't uh, weren't huge fans of that 0-16 parade, as you may imagine. So we had some conversations over whether it was appropriate, whether it should happen, whether I'm evil or what I am overall. So, yeah, I've had I've had dialogue with all of the teams in some form. But, you know, generally, I think by this time, people kind of get what I do. It's all in good fun. You know, you either laugh or cry with our with our sports teams. And uh, I choose to laugh more often than cry, uh, which has saved my sanity over the years. And I, and I think that resonates with people. And, and I think most of the sports teams and most of the people out there kind of get that at this point. So how did the parade come about? Yeah, so as you guys know, the Cavs won it all. We had a legitimate parade downtown, over a million people down there. And uh, then you had the Indians at that time going to the World Series. So we had some really good vibes. And then the Browns that season, it was like the first game. It was just ugly. And I think I put a tweet out that said sarcastically, this team deserves a parade too. And uh, a buddy of mine, Vince Guerrero, he reached out to me and he said, hey, you know, for 25 bucks in this paperwork, you can actually have a parade in the city of Cleveland. And I thought, what the heck, for 25 bucks, I'm going to do it. And so I put it in. Eventually that season, we continued to lose, lose, lose. I was at the Christmas Eve game when we played the Chargers. We ended up winning. I'd raised all kinds of money at that point to have the parade. And what we ended up doing was we donated that to the Cleveland Food Bank. So it ended up being a great story. Right, okay. So I thought that was going to be end, the end of it, right? Put a nice bow on it. We're done with this, boys. We move on. And we all know what happened the following week or the following season. We went 0-16. Ended up actually having the parade. Uh, there was a lot of doubt going into it uh, as to whether I could pull it off and everybody could come together and what, what this was actually going to look like. And I think it ended up being a pretty cathartic thing for everybody who was down there. You know, it was so dang cold. 
but we had we had almost 4,000 people that were down there kind of enjoying it. You know, you had other teams that go to the playoffs every year at that point. And then you had us and we were looking for our party. And that was kind of our party for the day. We also collected cans for the for the Cleveland Food Bank and made it into a positive on the side. So ended up being a real positive thing. I think um, I'd like to have a real parade, gentlemen, a parade with yeah, so a Super I. Bowl championship uh, rather than just our cathartic parade, our kind of false um uh, funeral, but uh, you know, for for what it was, I think it turned out fairly well. And and now I wish the Browns would really get us to the playoffs into a Super Bowl. Well, I was going to say this: as, as as you talk about, what do you think to to your point about a real parade? Yeah. What do you think this looks like if the Browns ever made it to a Super Bowl? Because I, I see oh. a parade in two oh, places. Yeah. yeah. How the parade is going to be at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Right, the pre-party, and then the after-party. If we win it here, what's that look like to you, Brad? I was seven years old when Bernie Kosar got hit late by Mark Gastineau at that Jets game in Old Municipal, and I was standing on my seat while people were like flocking from the top top decks of Old Municipal, and I was yelling at him, "The Browns are going to come back! The Browns are going to come back!" And we all know what happened, right? Bernie gets hit late, double overtime, the Browns win. I'm seven years old. That's all I know for the Browns was this kind of excitement. I'll never forget being outside the stadium, listening to everybody, the here we go, Brownies, here we go, the barking, everybody honking, and it was just pure excitement. And, and that's been gone for so, so long. Yeah. You know, we had our little playoff run with the with Pittsburgh and almost beating Kansas City, but that energy in, in, in Cleveland is unmatched when the Browns are good. And I would love, I would love to get a piece of that once again. And my God, we, we go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, shut down Cleveland for the month before, the month after. I mean, that would be incredible, incredible. I mean, the Cavs parade was great. Right. The city has not seen anything like if the Browns make it to the Super Bowl. It's a football first town. And, and I had a taste of it back then made me for better or for worse a fan for life and and here I sit just waiting still at 43 years old well I'm in the club with you so I'm here with yeah. you <laughs> how do you what are your thoughts on on the uh the elf it seemed to be hit or miss with a lot of yeah. people a lot of people don't really they're like, I don't know uh, what are your thoughts on the elf well, I like the fact that it's kind of newsworthy in kind of that fun way. So I can have some fun with it. I put a pipe in his mouth and had people actually believe that the elf, that they painted an elf with a pipe in its mouth on the 50 yard line at Cleveland Stadium. I fell for uh, I that, put Chris, a, by the way. You got me. Very I good. I, I always love it. I always love it when you realize that calls are coming from in the house, you know, and you're like, oh, no, I got, I got tripped up by him. Uh, I, I, I changed it up to a Cavs logo. You know, a couple of weeks ago when the Cavs were really kind of starting to come on as they've continued. So I, I don't know. Those kind of offbeat things around the teams are really where, where I, uh, I have the most fun. Um, it's not so much X's and O's, as you guys know. It's not breaking down what these teams do. It's really the fun around it. So to that extent, give me an elf. Give me whatever you want to do. I'm going to have some fun with it. Nuggets, you, you got a couple – we get to the top five with him? Yeah, we're going to do top five with Chris. It's an awesome top five. We asked him his five best celebrity encounters on Twitter. And whenever and, – and these are good. These are really, really good. But whenever we ask the internet for a question like that, and Reflog is the – he is the internet, 
It's brought to us by our good friends at PCC Airfoils. Looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? Mm. PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Mentor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So, Chris, I will introduce the top five for you, and then you can okay. give us a little more explanation on uh, this backstory of what happened. You ready? I'll do my best. Let's go. All right. Number five of Reflog's best internet celebrity encounters was when Jenna Jameson told the Browns to draft Josh Allen, and she was right. I have wow. to thank your show, actually, because you brought this top of mind to me last week when you were asking me about the top five interactions I'd have. I remembered back to the Jenna Jameson back in 2018. Gentlemen, I had my chance to shoot my shot with Jenna Jameson, and I took it. I asked her who I thought who she thought the Browns were going to draft at one and four and who they should draft. And she said, Josh Allen, she said, Josh Allen. So uh, I, I give her props for that, for being a good NFL draft analyst, a regular Mel Kuyper on that. She <laughs> we could have gotten, you know, Josh Allen at one or four. So she was right on both of those mm -hmm. accounts. Did she give any reason why she likes Josh Allen? No. She just she just responded with Josh Allen, so I had no idea outside of that. Josh Allen, I mean, you could have shot your shot, homie, in 2018. I'm just saying. It worked out for the, well, I guess worse for the Browns because Allen turned out to be the right. But Jenna Jameson, an everyday Mel Kuyper, I like that. Okay, number four was when Ann Coulter believed the picture of the Cavs parade was actually a Trump rally and tweeted this. about it. What oh, happened? I remember this, this. is funny. Yeah. yeah, so this has kind of become almost a cliche for anybody who's hung around Cleveland Twitter, and that is putting out the Cavs 2016 championship parade as insert event here. And in this case, it was a Trump rally. And I got Ann Coulter and a bunch of pundits to post on their website that this was a Trump rally and that the, you know, fake media wasn't putting it out there for whatever reason. Uh, and in fact, it got so far, it made it into the Mueller report. Because <laughs> there was an account, gentlemen, at 10 underscore GOP, which was a Russian bot. And it was discovered by Twitter because it was bot. retweeting and pushing the 2016 Cavs victory parade. So you'll see it every once in a while come up on Twitter ad nauseum. It's a cliche now, but back in the day, it was fantastic. Took down a Russian bot. Believe shout it or not, to, made it shout into Shout out to Mr. Bob Moeller. We have not seen him ever again since he reproduced that report. Number three right. of Reflog's all-time celebrity encounters on Twitter. Your Cavaliers Warriors bet with Smash Mouth. Yeah, so this was not a smart bet, as it turns out. Uh, 2018 finals, you had the Cavs, you had Golden State, and I made a, made a bet with the band Smash Mouth that if I won, they were going to send me a bunch of Smash Mouth gear, shirts, that sort of thing, some Smash Mouth swag. And if they won, which they ended up doing, I'd have to change my AV to the Smash Mouth logo for two weeks. So I did end up changing my AV for two weeks. We got swept, unfortunately. And they definitely got the last laugh because they also sent me a bunch of Smash Mouth swag 
that went to my kids, and now my kids are huge Smash Mouth fans. So. <laughs> Got you twice, though. That's the ultimate long play on the, on the part of Smash Mouth. Pretty Got impressive. you twice, cuz. So this they was the did. one. This was the one, Chris. I I couldn't find as much information on. So you're gonna have to kind of tell us the backstory yeah. in a little more they depth. Deleted, but yeah. uh, something between you and Mike Clevenger and how he wanted to hunt you down. That's exactly right. So Mike Clevenger, uh, back, what was this, 2019, I believe, he uh, he wanted to find out who I was. And every once in a while, you'll have players who get kind of upset with something that I'll say or do online, and, and they'll kind of come after me. Well, Mike Clevenger said, I will give a free pair of signed cleats to anybody who can give me Reflog's government name. And what he didn't realize is that everybody who follows me is more than willing to give me up for a pair of free cleats. <laughs> uh, including, <laughs> including my own mother. My own mother was the first person to respond and say his name is Chris McNeil. He lives in Granville. And, and she would have given him even more information on top of that if he would have just asked. Uh, so I think he was overwhelmed and he took down the tweet. And my mom, still to this day, whenever she hears about Mike Clevenger, she's like, I never did get those cleats. She never, never got did. those cleats, huh? Never got them. Never got them. Mike was a little thin-skinned when he was here. That, that's very yeah. true. He was thin-skinned. Yeah, he did not like me. He did not like me. Of course, there are many of those athletes who passed through that ended up not liking me, so I'm kind of used to that. And number one, and this one is an absolute doozy. That I'm jealous this hasn't happened to me in my life, but Ryan Reynolds, you want to explain this one? Yeah, how about that for a heavy hitter, Ryan Reynolds. So I like to put out memes, especially when we win, right? When the Browns, you have a win, you feel good. So I put together a meme based on Free Guy, the movie that Ryan Reynolds was in, where he's kind of blissfully unaware, walking down the street, everything's blowing up around him. And I made him wearing all Browns gear because that's the way we feel, right? On a victory Monday, no matter what's going on around us, we feel really good and are blissfully unaware of everything, family, everything else. Well, he really liked the meme, uh, but one of the things I edited in there was a bottle of Jack Daniels, and he didn't like that, not because it was alcohol, but because it wasn't his alcohol. Right. It wasn't aviation gin, which he produces. So he then sent me some of his gin, some of the swag for aviation gin, and he had me remake the meme. And so now if you see that meme out there, and hopefully we'll see it a few more times this season, uh, it'll have aviation gin in the character's hand as he walks down the street and everything's exploding in his in his brown shirt. So that is my story with Ryan Reynolds, which was fantastic. That's kinda dope. That's kinda dope. Free booze is always good, so <laughs> that's right. You can get it. I need that whole bottle. I need send me a case, bro. Have you ever you said you said you're 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 happily divorced. Have you ever <laughs> have you have yes. ever had a date? Have you ever gotten a date from your your memes? Oh, wow. That's a personal question there. And I will tell you this. I have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good sense of humor. That's it, what it, they I, want, right? Well, okay. What's my, the quality my, date, though? I am dating a, a fabulous woman right now who is actually, and I'm revealing this on your show, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. But she came and found me on Twitter and thought that I was so funny that she jumped into my DMs. You know, a tale as old as time, right? Jumping into the DMs. And, and so, yes, it has happened. <laughs> Twitter can make true love. Yes, it is. Can we tweet that out, Reflog? Can we, can we put that no. out there? 
<laughs> I, I think I'm already in trouble. <laughs> you know, we'd be asking them questions. You can come here and listen. You know what it is, man. <laughs> Reflog, I had to do it to you, but I appreciate you jumping on with us, man. Uh, you got to give us an ultimate. Feel free to give us an ultimate Cleveland sports show meme. We're, we're thin skinned. Uh, okay. Bull is Jay's really sensitive. Do it. Do it for those guys. <laughs> Mike Polk. We, we'd love to laugh and put it out there, too. We'll retweet it. Absolutely. I'll, I'll go to work on that. I'll go back in the lab right after the show here. I'm terrified. <laughs> Chris, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Hey, guys, two things real quick before we get to final takes. The uh, Colts have named an interim head coach. Already? Jeff Saturday. Oh, wow. No. Former oh, center. Oh, Former wow. center, ring of honor. Give me that tag board, Anthony. Oh, you got it. Steve, take it full. There we go. Beautiful little backsides. No, wow. we're leaving PCC up, Steve. Come on, you gotta trust us here. Leave PCC up. We're about to read the internet comments. That's wild. But yes, he is the new uh, interim head coach. He, I guess, he'd been a head coach of Deluca Christian Academy in Deluca, Georgia, and now he's coaching an NFL team. And Jason, we have one question from the internet that we wanted to ask you. J uh, this Donnie M says, Jason, of our last six opponents, who do you think we lose to? Uh, listen. I'm trying to think who it is. It's Houston, and then there's Cincinnati in there. There's Baltimore in there, right? Yep. Like, there could be multiple. I'm telling you right now, that Houston game is not a lock. I know Houston's record is terrible. Um, the emotion involved in that game and the vitriol he's going to feel going back yeah. and the rust factor, like, are you really going to be shocked if they lose at Houston? I'm not. I'm not either. I, so I, I think there could be multiple losses in there. Um, I think they, I, you know, I think they, I think they actually lose to Cincinnati. I think they lose to Cincinnati at Cincinnati. Uh, for some reason, I think they might be Baltimore, um, but I, I got the L to uh, I got the L to the. Uh, they got Washington in there. Bills, and Washington has always been a sneaky game for me. They're sneaky. I don't like playing in Washington. They play every game to the last second. It's absurd how they're not good enough to win and they're not good enough to lose, but they're just good enough to play. A one-point game they're for the last 43 seconds. They're just good enough to be watching. That's what they do. This so. Jeff Saturday thing is weird, though. I'm sure it's happened before, but to get somebody off the ESPN panel and drop them in in the middle of a season. Well, sounds like well, a well, thing, well, hold on, hold on. You know normally, I, I think Buck Showalter did it, actually, but normally it's like now. a – You know, the Colts are the Colts. Are the Colts. But on. it's normally <laughs> it's a promotion of, of – yeah, but I mean, the Colts are always on some all some old trash. They always Urs are, right? Ursay Urs looks like he just was like, "No, give me one, give me one of the blue bloods. I'll give me one of the dudes that 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 we don't want to war with. Right, Come right. on in here." Right, Do you right. know what that screams to me? That we are going to go out and spend every dollar to get a Sean Payton or someone that we already know who we want our next coach to be. So whoever we elevate to interim head coach has no chance. No, because if I was year. doing that, Mikey, I would not have brought a, a, a folk hero like Jeff Saturday. I agree. I into, agree with Brad. Into the fold. I would not have done that. I would have just bumped up somebody. Right. And, and then set set my sights on somebody else. Right. That's not what that screams. This tells me he's going to be there. Yeah. Like, this is his chance to be there for a long time. He ain't going to be used for five weeks. Or, no, or, <laughs> right. I don't know what I don't know what the quarterback market looks like, but. They need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. Oh, yeah, the problem and is. The they can't go out and get another old – I mean, they've gone from Phillip no, Rivers it, to it, Carson Wentz to Matt and Ryan. And that's what shocked me, and I mentioned this on the show repeatedly. Like, I mean, Baker's had a miserable year. They could have had Baker, and they said, no, we're going to go get busted up, broken down yeah, Matt that Ryan. No sense. Baker ain't looked bad yesterday since he hey, brought him back. He, 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 look he, looked, he looked pretty good. But, look but Indianapolis had an opportunity to possibly solve their quarterback situation for the next 10 years – 
and they chose another retread. So I, I don't know. Man, but but here, is it yeah, they got to get a quarterback. It, man, it ain't no different than the Colts thinking out of Baltimore. They're the same old Colts. It's just doing silly things, right? Man, I like you bring in, you bring in a guy like Matt Ryan here. I don't care what you thought about Matt Ryan. He was the least respected in Atlanta. You're going to come in here and snatch him out the lineup in like weeks and then say you done for the season. I'm sure Matt Ryan didn't sign up for that. Right, I, I would. If I was a quarterback, I wouldn't go nowhere near Indianapolis. Boy, I, you got to look back. Just go back and rewind the tape when when people was talking about RG three and, and Andrew Luck. I mean, I still remember the day I came into the studio and they said Andrew Luck retired. I said, shut up. They've been swimming ever since, and the Pittsburgh Steelers gonna figure out. It's you, you, you can win. You can talk about your, your you know, your stats, your. Your, 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 your banners, culture, culture. <laughs> yeah, you, you let you have somebody that's garbage behind center or medium. Mm. You, a bunch of Tommy Maddoxes. Y'all will y'all will be looking just like us in a heartbeat. Mm. People talk about that, man. Boy, I tell you, uh, we want to uh, final takes. Yes, sir. Final takes, man. Um, who we gonna start with? Brad's Brad, up first. Uh, my first. You're up. You always start first. Oh, okay, then let's get to it. Then I think I'm gonna go Cavaliers today. First of all, we're not going to get drunk on the success here. Right? It's early season success, but this has been a long time in coming. The Cavaliers have done a masterful job in putting pieces together piece by piece, year by year. Even when you thought the moves were silent moves, like, why would you pick up that pick? We're not going to be able to use that pick, right? You're married to a guy like, why would you want to let Colin Sexton go? Even though Colin Sexton's having a great year and Lori Market having a great year, yes, but you got a piece that we needed to make the other pieces that you invest in over time better, right? And so we have done a marvelous job of putting ourselves at least in play for at least the next three years, and which is a lifetime in the NBA today because things change on a moment's notice. Here, you got guys locked into contracts for three years, and at least in this market, it gives you a chance to be successful. We're going to see what happens here because as I look around the league, there are many things that are working the Cavs' favor. Teams that were supposed to be great are on a downward decline in rapid fashion because when you mortgage the future for the current, there's a bill that comes due and payable at some point in time. You're watching in Los Angeles in real time, right? Real time. You're going to start to soon, you're seeing it in Brooklyn, real time. You're going to start to see it in other places around this league, real time. And what happens because your window, Jason, of opportunity is closing as soon as it opens, right? And depending on how well the, the uh, level of window you bought, whether it was a Marvin window or Integrity or was it a Pella or was it some cheap off-brand at Home Depot, mm. is how long it stays open and slow, the, the amount of slowness that it, it, it this, this, uh, declines with. And so as we sit on this, we are sitting here for one thing. Enjoy your ride. Understand that it's not going to continue like this. The odds of that happening are, are, are not long in our favor, but we just want to get better. We want to make sure we're in position for a playoff run here, and it's early to be talking playoffs, but at least we can say we started out in good stead. Something I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks, and we saw it yesterday with uh, LeBron facing the Cavs, and and we're going to see more of it with Tom Brady coming to town. Two of the greatest athletes of our generation, arguably two of the greatest to ever play their sports. Are they really going to go out like this? Is this really how LeBron and Tom Brady are going to go out? Now, the Bucs are in first place, but they're four and five. This is not the Bucs of old. And I wonder if Tom regrets his decision to come back. 
and I, I made the case before, go home, man. Go home and be with your family. Go home and be a dad. Go home and be a husband. Like, you have nothing left to prove. And, and some of these athletes get conflated into what I am, what I do is who I am. And that's just not the case. And, and I've, I've enjoyed these last four years of getting off the NBA beat and keep being able to do other things and being home with my kids. I missed Christmas four years in a row. Mm-hmm. I missed birthdays, anniversaries. I missed my son's birthday four years in a row because he had the audacity to be born in January or in June during the NBA finals. And just that opportunity to be able to go home and be a dad again has been the most rewarding of, of my life these last four years. And, and I just, I look at Tom and I wonder, did you, did you make a mistake? Do you regret the decision? Your marriage is in shambles. Now you're getting divorced. Uh, you're still going to have the relationship with your kids, obviously, but it's not going to be the same. Everything's changing. And for what? You're still the greatest of all time. Anything that happens this year is not going to stain his legacy. It's cemented. He's the greatest quarterback. He's the greatest player in NFL history. Why did you need to come back? Why? I, I, I just don't understand. I know these guys are built different. They're wired different. I get it. I'll never understand being the greatest at anything. But was it worth it? And, and the broader question of LeBron and Tom and Le- LeBron could have left. He could have kept chasing rings. He could have come back here and chased more rings. He chose to stay in L.A. He's going to ride it out there. His kids are comfortable there. His wife's comfortable there. I don't begrudge him anything. That's the choice he made, and he seems content with it. We, we were smiling and laughing yesterday after the game, and, and, and he's okay with his lot in life, and he's okay with his placement. Mm-hmm. Who you, what you do is not who you are, and that's something that big – legendary athletes seem to struggle with year after year after year after year and it's a decision that I think Tom Brady's learned the hard way I think LeBron is kind of handling a little better and is kind of understanding his place and all of his understanding his role in life in so many different facets of life and it's just fascinating to me to watch how these two guys if they're going out on losing teams if this is really it and how they're going to end their careers how do they feel about that and G. Bush, before you go, update yeah. on Jeff Saturday. First NFL hire to ever not have any coaching experience in the collegiate level or on the NFL level. Hey, first one ever. And, Mike, before you jump in, G., I just saw something on Twitter. I don't know if it's true. Check it out. But it says Kyrie Irving has informed the Nets he plans to retire. I saw that last night. 99% sure that's fake. But I will, I will confirm. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I would would love to speculate on that, but we can't because this might not be true. Right. So I'll go with something off. Yeah, that that, that, that was fake. Just a heads up. I'll go with something off kilter. Um, Yeah. You know, I think OG talked about, you know, your window. As soon as it opens, it closes for a lot of teams in the NBA. And, uh, you know, Jason talked about, you know, the window of opportunity for winning championships uh, for, uh, you know, LeBron and Tom Brady, two of the, the, the best ever to, to put on cleats or gym shoes, so to speak. I'm going to talk about a window of opportunity for something that's really near and dear to my heart as well, and that's leftover foods. The window <laughs> for your leftover foods is different. I went to the, uh, you know, steakhouse the other day, had a nice ribeye, 
And then I started to think, as soon as I put it in the to-go box, it was never going to be the same. Not It was not going to be juicy. It was not going to be, you know, crisp on the outside, that caramelized fat. You know, the, 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 the seasoning that goes over the, the grilled charred marks. Never going to be the same. And then I thought about all the good stuff that big people like to eat. Pizza. Pizza's never the same. You don't get that melt. You don't get that, that situation in your microwave. You don't really get none of that. Fried chicken, have you ever tried to have fried chicken in the microwave? That KFC golden brown skin, don't, it, it's, it's, now it's turning into old, old people's skin. It's, you gotta peel it off. It's, it's gerontology 101. But I just, I, I need something. I have found something. If you get an air fryer, shout out to the air fryers. The air fryers are what, what now we know as the old, they're the new version of the George Foreman grill. Air fryers, if you put that chicken back in that bad boy, guess what happens? Crispy. You put that steak back in there, magically, it revitalizes it. Now, you got about three to five minutes to eat the whole thing because don't get it twisted. It will turn back into a pumpkin coach and it's not Cinderella. You will be out of here. But I, I need people to start to uh, uh, figure it out what it is that you can't eat later on. And that's why I always do my wife a favor. I eat her leftovers while they're hot. <laughs> what, what? what a small guy you are. <laughs> G. Bush, so kind. You don't want that. You don't want that, girl. You don't, you don't want that you, smoke. You, 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 you want that. <laughs> well, listen, we got done. Uh, listen, hey, hey, I've done two shows, and I've got done before 1 o'clock, so I'm going to take a win on that in a victory lap. Uh, McNuggets, what we got for tomorrow? We oh. got Jen Matthews on tomorrow for a little trivia. Okay. We're going to do our Major League Review finally tomorrow as well. Jay's back, so we're going to review the movie. We'll talk some... Uh, Browns offense versus Dolphins defense and some recap of the Cavs Clippers tonight and on our overtime segment today we're talking about Donovan Mitchell exceeding expectations personally for us and how he's become a player we didn't foresee him becoming in Cleveland especially this early so stick around for that there's always the two membership tiers the starters and the coaches you guys uh, support the show if you like it we certainly appreciate it and we will see you on overtime in about five minutes. There we go. So if you hated me today, guess what? You won't have to see my face tomorrow in the lead chair. So with everybody, subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. We'll catch you in about five minutes on the overtime section. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.